you know, what's at stake if I don't proceed forward with this goal? Will I feel disappointed in myself? Will I be okay? Dizruns Radio, episode 680, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by Audible. Uh, Audible just the, the Audible subscription just keeps getting better. I, I got I got to say, uh, I actually recently upped my subscription, so I'm getting two books a month now. But in addition to the uh, the two free books that I get, or I guess the two books I pay for as part of my uh, Audible subscription, Audible has also rolled out this thing where you get a couple of extra Audible, Audible original, Audible exclusive, uh, sometimes short stories, sometimes uh, you know proper books, uh, kind of some different different type of content. Um, obviously, still still audio content. Um, but uh, a little bit different than what the kind of stuff I'd normally get. You get there's a choice of like six of those uh, books each month. You get to choose two of them for free, no matter which tier of membership you're at. So if you're just getting the the one book as part of your membership, you still get the two free audio Audible exclusives. If you're at the two book level, you still get the two free book uh, Audible exclusives. So um, it's it's really uh, for me been been worth it. You know, I was I was at the one book level for a little over a year, uh, and I've just recently bumped up to two books a month uh, because I love Audible so much. So uh, obviously, you enjoy listening to to people talk. Uh, if you want to try some some even longer form. Uh, content than podcast, you know, audio, audio, audible, audio books. If I can get my words out here, you know, somewhere between usually most of the books that I read at least, or quote unquote read, are somewhere between like six, seven hours and like 12, 13, 14 hours. So, you know, I'm, I'm reading novels, I'm reading self help stuff, I'm reading business stuff, um, marketing, you know, the, the whole nine, uh, learning and being educated and entertained. All for uh, one low cost. I think I pay twenty three dollars a month for two for two books plus the two exclusives. Um, Kind of hard to beat it. So if you haven't checked out Audible yet, uh, if you if you're intrigued, uh, I definitely would encourage you to give it a shot. And you can do so for free. You can do it for I guess on me, except it doesn't cost me anything, so it's not really on me. But uh, if you go to uh, uh, the link disruns.com/audible, uh, you can get yourself signed up for a free 30 day trial. You'll get a free audio book that's yours to keep, whether you continue with the trial or not. Um, and then if you want to stick with it, which I think you probably will, uh, you'll, you'll start getting billed after that. You do have to enter your credit card information up front, but Audible doesn't charge you at all. Uh, and if you cancel it before that 30 days, you will never be charged. So it's, it's, it's really straightforward, really painless process. It does help out the show. It's an affiliate link. So if you, if you check it out, uh, you can, you can, uh, throw a couple shekels my way again with, at no cost to you for that first month. Um, and then after that, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it, or at least I got a feeling you might enjoy it. Uh, and if you do, we'd love to know what kind of books you're reading. What are you listening to? Uh, what kind of things uh, might I want to check out? And uh, if you ever want some Audible book recommendations from me, just let me know and I'll give you some. But uh, if you haven't tried Audible yet, do it. Do it. It is pretty darn awesome. So check it out for free. Dizruns.com slash Audible. And uh, now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone that reached out to me recently and uh, definitely I'm excited to learn more about her and, and obviously what she's got going on and, and what she reached out about kind of falls under the everything in between category, which is always fun uh, when you know we can start off talking about running today and, and certainly at some point we're going to branch off into uh, to the project she's working on, which uh, is, is called Courage to Run. She's the founder of the Courage to Run organization, which is a, a nonpartisan organization and, and race that celebrates women becoming more civically active and running for, uh, for office, um, which is, you know, if you've been paying attention to politics here in the U.S. for the last couple of years. That's, that's certainly something that uh, has been uh, been happening uh, of late. So uh, certainly looking forward to getting to know a bit more about the organization um, and obviously as well about the woman behind it. So uh, let's uh, let's get started, shall we? It's a pleasure today to be able to welcome Miss Frida Ejet to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Frida. Really uh, appreciate it and certainly looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Yeah, definitely. And guys, if you want to check out more about um, 
about Courage to Run. And, you know, as, as we go, if that kind of sounds interesting to you and, and, and taking part in, uh, as, as we'll get into talking about some, some 5K races pretty much all over the country, at least hopefully that's that's kind of the plan. Uh, CourageToRun.org is the uh, is the the website there, the URL. Um, all, all like it sounds like it should be spelled, CourageToRun.org. And uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, if you want to connect with, with Frida and find out kind of more what she's going on and, and obviously follow along with what uh, is going on with Courage to Run as well. Uh, the handle on both Twitter and Instagram is uh, just just her name, Frida K. Jet. And that's, uh, I'll spell that all out for you. And certainly we'll have it in the uh, show notes as well. Um, uh, F-R-I-E-D-A, the letter K, and then E-D-G-E-T-T-E, uh, Frida K. Jet. And uh, disruns.com slash 680 is the link that'll take you back to the show notes in case you uh, get, uh, get get your letters jumbled, which uh, I'll be honest, I did a couple times as I was writing this stuff, preparing it out. So uh, disruns.com slash 680 is the link to the show notes. Photos, links, all the good things will be there. So Frida, the way we always uh, start off the show, I know you've, you said you've listened to a few episodes, so you know this is this is coming, um, but it's uh, with the same simple question. It's a great place to start and kind of see where it takes us, and that's just to uh, simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Great question. Great way to start the day. Um, so this was, I was a little tangled, I have to say, Denny, because my personal favorite race is the half marathon trail run. Mm. Uh, I prefer long distance running, there's something, especially after you get past mile six, things just seem to really turn into a glide. And for me, I, a lot of my creativity, problem solving ideation occurs when I'm in that meditative cadence of long distance running. You couple that with the great outdoors, um, the, the buoyancy of, of, soil um versus pavement i've had you know like i'm sure many of our listeners issues with my meniscus and my knees and so that that ended up that pairing resulted out of necessity and and until it translated into more of a love affair so that is my personal preference when it comes to communal running it has to be the 5k Mm -hmm. and that's simply because of accessibility you know running Running requires a lot of courage, both in terms of mind, in terms of body, especially individuals that don't perceive themselves as a quote unquote runner. And so um, it can be incredibly rewarding. It can be deeply inspiring. It can also be really scary and, and, and miserable for some when they don't overcome that personal narrative or interference. So with the 5K, maybe somebody can say, you know what, I'm going to walk that. That mm-hmm. is walkable. And then they find themselves picking up the pace as they're caught in the the momentum of the crowd. And so I find the 5K to be very inclusive. Um, all ages, you see, we see more kids dashes on um, the lower, the lower um, mileage races. Mm-hmm. And so that's got to be my communal fave for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, um, as, as much as I give the 5k, uh, I don't know if I give it a hard time, but it's certainly not, uh, <laughs> not my favorite that, that just go, you know, that race it, go hard from, from the start. And it's just kind of miserable for the entirety of, you know, plus or minus 20 <laughs> minutes, something like that. But, but you're, you're a hundred percent right from the communal. I mean, it, it, it doesn't get better than that. You know, it's, it's something that anybody can do. Um, like you said, walk it, run it, do a little bit of both, whatever, whatever you need to do. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really probably that's, that's my, if I'm going to run a 5k these days, I'd rather run it with, uh, run it easy, run it with somebody and, and have a conversation and, and really bring that community sense together. Um, but, but going back to the, the half marathon on the trails, uh, side of things, um, something that you said, or at least something that I kind of inferred from what you said is that, you know, you're able to, to kind of run and think and, and do all those, those types of things that I think a lot of us can, can relate to. Certainly I've had a lot of, uh, my best ideas have been out, out on the, the runs as well. Um, but I'm curious about it, for, for you, how that works out being on the, on the trails as much as possible. Because for me, those ideas tend to come like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, running and you kind of get in that, that, that groove, that, that, you know, step, 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 kind of lose, lose track of, of what I'm doing, but I'm, you know, I'm on the roads in my neighborhood. So like footing isn't an issue. There's no random rocks or tree roots or things like that, that, uh, you come across on the trails. Um, so, uh, you know, when, when you're, when you're out thinking on the trails, how, how, you know, are, are you able to kind of, I don't know, stay, stay present while still thinking or how does that work for you? Cause I know uh, mm. if you start to, to drift too much on the trails, you can end up uh, tumbling pretty quickly and easily if you're not careful. <laughs> well, I've definitely had several uh, close calls with some vigorous roots. I will definitely <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> um, you know, my, my, 
trail running actually started out, this is more faux trail running when I was living in London. And this is actually when I got back into long distance running. Uh, it was 2011, 2012. And I was on sabbatical from my job at the time, which was a government affairs specialist and lobbyist in the San Francisco Bay Area. I had actually hit a bottom in what was a 15-year eating disorder that included restriction, bulimia, which which included exercise bulimia and um, compulsive overeating as a means of dealing with um, co uh, stress and and just the fierce amount of energy that I had. And I went on sabbatical. I hit a bottom. I pursued, doubled down on my recovery, and I lived across the street from Hyde Park and found myself in Hyde Park walking and eventually jogging, uh, and then eventually running, which was miraculous just because of the wear and tear I had done to my body after years and years and years of abuse. And it was incredibly beautiful, I have to say, Denny, because even, you know, as somebody with with such a a painful history and such a complicated relationship with exercise where it's something that I love so deeply. I'm a kinesthetic person. I dance. I've done mixed martial arts. It's, 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 I'm a kinesthetic person. It's how I, how I think, how I learn, how I create. It had become weaponized. And that's just one of the insidiousnesses of the, of the disease. So the fact that I could be running and training eventually for a half marathon in an incredibly healthy way is nothing short of miraculous. Um, and I did that with a lot of help and a lot of humility. So it's a bit of a tangent, but I share it because it 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 influences how I approach presence in my trail running. And what ended up happening as I started increasing my pacing and accelerating in Hyde Park is one, it it it, it varied from pavement to trail. It was the same trail every time. And I would just run laps. It was, I think about a four, a little over four mile perimeter. And I would just go around and around to pick up the mileage and they have no water fountains like anywhere in London. I don't know what's going on with that. (laughs) They don't give you water when you sit down at restaurants too. It's just a cultural difference. So I would hide water and bananas and and like bushes and like, what is up with this girl? But what ended up happening was I I became familiar with the terrain and it created almost like this mindful movement um, aspect where I was very conscious of my footing and, and the anchoring of my feet on, uh, on the ground. And part of that was connected with my recovery because so much of an eating disorder is, is the disconnection from the mind with the body. And, and so it was a dual process that has just really supported and enabled, um, I guess my, my, my personal safety when I'm out on, on runs as a result. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I, you know, if, if moving helps you think better and, and you know, like you said, you can be on a, on a path that you're at least at that, at that point on a, something that you're quite familiar with, uh, that, that kind of takes some of that, uh, uh, randomness of, of the trail away from you. Um, but it's still, you know, every once in a while, like that's, I feel like, I mean, shoot, even on the roads, I, I, uh, you know, I don't know that I've ever admitted this on the show before, but there's been a, a, a couple of places uh, just in my neighborhood where, you know, there's just that little bit of a lip in the sidewalk. And uh, I, I've, I've tumbled ass over elbows a couple of times coming, <laughs> coming on that one spot where that little, that little lip of sidewalk just catches your toe at the perfect spot. And it's just like, whoop, here we go. So um, you can never be, never be too uh, out of, out of it when you're running, no matter where you are to, to make sure you're staying safe. Um, yeah, it's true. And I have to tell you, I would say the bigger issue for me, this is embarrassing since we're selling somewhat embarrassing <laughs> stories is, is more than kind of the, the lips and the sidewalks or the roots, which absolutely have gotten me, have gotten the best of me is I love running in the dark. Um, mm. I'm a morning, I'm a early morning person and you know, I have my light and I have my headlight and all that, but sometimes I've like run into poles and <laughs> other things. <laughs> so that seems to be the bigger issue for me versus my footing. So I don't know what that means, but it is what it is. You just keep going. You just, just keep going. You yep. shake it off. So. And, and, and if, as long as you're going early enough in the morning, you can look at nobody's, nobody's seeing you. So, you know, you, yeah. you don't have to, uh, exactly. you don't have to worry about anybody, uh, giving you a hard time for for senior run into that yeah watch out for that light pole it jumped right in front of you right there like you're you're good to go um exactly you mentioned there at the at the beginning of that that last uh question that that was kind of your your 
foray back into running. What was what was mm. your uh, running? What's what's the early running history like for you? Was that something that you did, you know, in, in school growing up, or or where'd you get uh, the first taste of the sport? Yeah, I did cross country running in high school. I really loved that, and I I continued on the team until. You know, we transition, you know, nowadays you transition into spring, so it's track and field. And so there was usually a parlaying of the the cross-country runners into the two-milers along the track. And I just could not stand that. So I ended up defecting at that time and then getting into other extracurriculars and other forms of movement. Primarily, I got back into dance. I started out when I was a little tyke doing dance and gymnastics and and then eventually got into running. So I would run recreationally and I still run recreationally. I, I, I don't consider myself, uh, you know, I, I don't track my PBs and things mm-hmm. like that. I, I really do it for the joy of running and for the ideation that comes with running um, and the way that it, how, how it makes me feel strong and, and grounded and the, the endorphins and the release that comes with it. Um, but yeah, that's what that was that was my early, my early beginnings. And, and then in college and throughout my early, tw- my twenties and in my late twenties, I, I, um, I would usually go on a run, uh, at least twice, a twice, twice a week. But the love affair really again started in Hyde Park. It was just gotcha. such a beautiful, beautiful place to reunite with, you know, my two feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with the idea that running tends to be like, like all of us, I mean, at some level or, or, or another, I think we all, we all run because we enjoy it. It's it's fun. Um, some take it a little bit more seriously than others. With with you know, like you said, you don't track the the PBs and things like that, um, which is totally fine. I mean, one of the beauties of our sport is we can all kind of take it and, and do with it our, our own our own thing. Um, do you tend to to race much, or or do you mostly? I mean, you know, because I've I've had some folks where it's like, yeah, I haven't run a race in years because I just love getting out and running. Like, do you, where do you fall in that category? Yeah. Well, I'm an executive coach, so I love goals. I love measuring things. I love all those things. Um, so I really ping pong. I love cross training and variety. So it really depends on what season I am as it relates to my running one year with the year I got back, I returned from London to the United States. I needed a challenge and something to really support my running and to support me, my trail running specifically. Cause as you mentioned, you know, I lived in an urban area, and so I didn't have the luxury as I did in London, where I was living in Notting Hill, where just popping across the street, mm-hmm. and then I had, um, you know, this bountiful natural place to with with tons of mileage and acreage to to run around. So I was curious, and I'm actually reevaluating this for 2019, where I live now as well. Is I know I, I saw that there were 65 regional parks in my area. And so I said, I'm going to run each one of those regional parks and they varied in size. You know, some of them were hundreds of thousands of acres and others were more like small open spaces. So those were, I would go and I I would run around. (laughs) It didn't take very long. Um, But that really supported and it was, I was able to check it off and it was an opportunity to explore parts of uh, a tri-county area that I otherwise would would mm-hmm. never see. It was it was fun. My husband came out with me several times. Um, I now have a dog, so I'm planning on taking her with to some of the parks for where I am now. Um, I'm adjacent to the gorgeous Santa Cruz Mountains, so that'll cover mm-hmm. one of the areas. So that's so that's that's one way. Um, and then I just get in the zone. I'm very much one of those people for. I've gotten in, in moments where I've, where I've run halves enough that it's been, okay, you know, in two weeks or three weeks, I want to do a race. What's mm-hmm. available in my area where I don't need to be in the car for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then there's been t- moments where, um, I have a big project or a big initiative like the courage to run that I know the, the training, the more methodical training will support. Mm-hmm. And so I'll sign up for a big race. So last year I signed, it had been a, a long time since I did a marathon. So I signed up for a marathon and, and it was really in tandem support of the physical training, those long glorious runs, and then just visualizing what, what would be possible with the courage to run as I was along those runs. So kind of put out an intention, um, as I was going, going through that. So it really, it very much is in parallel to what's going on with my life. I would say is the short answer. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, and that's, and that's something I think that, um, 
is is good is healthy maybe maybe you know, appropriate might be the, the a good way of saying it as well because um i i know uh you know, I've been guilty of this and uh, some of the, the athletes I work with have been guilty. I don't know if guilty is the right way of saying it, but um, where, where, you know, you, you um, plan your race goals and, and, and we get so, um, you know, so focused on chasing the, the PRs or chasing the, the different distances or checking off a new state or, or whatever it might be. Um, and then, you know, kind of maybe sometimes hindsight's twenty twenty, where you look back and go, oh, Maybe the fact that I was trying to train for, you know, a Boston qualifying time plus uh, transitioning to a new job plus moving out of state, like maybe all of those three things at the same time weren't weren't the best idea. Um, whereas it sounds like for you, it, they really you really are um, maybe a bit more intentional about, you know, kind of like you said, using using running to support what you're doing. And sometimes that means you're training longer. Sometimes that means you're training shorter. Um but as long as you're you're having fun and, and keeping it uh, exciting for you, that's that's really what is uh, most important. Yeah, and one thing that I love from sports psychology when it comes to goal setting, and I apply this with my my clients as well. I think a lot about it is diversifying, and and one aspect of diverse goal setting is long and short term goals. And so, some there's been some years where I've set out an intention in terms of running, um, quantifying the number of races. That's more of how I do versus time. Mm-hmm. It's more. Um, you know, how many, how many races do I want to do or where do I want to run? I love, by the way, uh, your, your goal of running races in every state. I think that's amazing. I'm going to have to, 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 to co-opt that one and make that (laughs) one of my own as well. It's amazing. Um, and, and sometimes as the year is progressing, I'll stop and reevaluate based on unexpected events or maybe something's changed. Maybe I've gotten injured, you know, who knows, maybe somebody, um, you know, a family member needs support or I'm just quite honestly traveling a lot. And my, the, the time zones is really mm. affecting my circadian rhythm and making training more routine training, more challenging. And it's like, okay, well maybe the original goal isn't the right fit for this calendar year. What if I expanded into 18 months or what was the original motivation? You know, what's the why behind it? And how can that be tweaked or refined to not lose the challenging aspect? Because we don't set goals just to sustain mediocrity. Right. Um, but what is what is now a stretch whilst realistic um, that still meets the core motivation that I was seeking to achieve from the beginning? So... Yeah, I'm a big fan of adapting as needed, not compromising. And it's different mm-hmm. from compromising. It's really about meeting and addressing the realities of the day. Yeah. You know? That was you, you. You hit that just before I could I could ask it, but I'm I'm still going to ask it. Maybe we can dive just a, a little bit uh, deeper into it. But that idea of of setting a goal, um, and then like you said, adapting, adjusting. Uh, you know, when when something happens that couldn't have been foreseeable, especially for the longer term goals where you're setting out for, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months out from now, this is where I want to be. Um, you know, whether it's, whether it's your, your, well, we'll, we'll keep it with your running stuff, but I feel like this can probably, you know, can, can cross other lines if, if it, if it hits somebody else in a, in a different, different, uh, you know, different part of their life. But how do you, how do you, I don't know if I have a better way of asking other than how do you know that you're not compromising, but that you need to adjust? How do you know that you're not just quitting on this goal because it's hard or you don't feel like you're making enough progress, but there's actually a, a, a legitimate reason. Like what, where's that, where's that line for you? Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a, a, a balance between intuition, like inner knowing and also asking some very practical objective questions of oneself. So what I'll usually ask myself is, what's the situation? That's the first mm-hmm. question. What's the situation? What's going on? Well, well, I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not running as much as I had hoped, or I'm, I'm 10 behind the number of races that where I would want to be from a pacing perspective to achieve this original goal. Okay. Well, how come? Oh, I've been traveling a lot. Um, my, my husband's been traveling. So I've had sole responsibility of the household. There's been some large scale projects. Um, my running shoes, like I got the wrong running shoes and it took me a while to get new one, whatever mm. it might be. Then it's, what have my behaviors been? And then that's where, you know, you can kind of dive a little deep in there. It's been, <clears throat> I haven't created a new routine. 
I've been um, saying, well, you know, throwing up my hands and saying, well, screw it. You know, it's all or nothing. Have I had like a black and white mentality about Mm. this? What have my emotions been? Am I feeling shame? Am I feeling relief? Am I feeling um, okay? You know, satisfied because I'm getting, I'm moving and exercising in other types of ways that are deeply fulfilling. Like maybe I've started doing a dance class with friends or doing CrossFit training with others. So I'm getting a sense of community, which I didn't realize that I was actually thirsting for. Mm. Um, And then really asking what's at stake. Great question. You know, what's at stake if I don't proceed forward with this goal? Will I feel disappointed in myself? Will I be okay? And actually want to iterate and that an answer to that question really can illuminate a lot of things when we're honest. So it requires being rigorously honest with oneself. And I find that when we get into, or when I get into, or the people that I work with get into over-rationalization of that question, then that's usually a sign of like, hmm, you know, what's really underneath that? And then it's, you know, what's the impact on me? Are there any interferences that are getting in my way, both internal in terms of self-doubt, self-limiting speak, kind of that inner game that we talk mm-hmm. about in athletics? And then there's the external barriers like travel or family or resources or what have you. Um, You know, if the plan was to to run races in 20 states and and there's been like a bomb cyclone and, you know, one of the ones that you were planning and then that's not going to happen. That's beyond your immediate control. And then what's the resolution? You know, what's the next right action? And so there's a series there's a lot of introspection that happens. But that usually when looked at objectively uh, illuminates the path forward. And when in doubt, you can actually just boil it down to, to three questions, which is, what do I know? What don't I know? And what do I need to know in order to move forward? Mm-hmm. So that's usually the approach. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's timely because as, as we're recording this, it's, it's, you know, whatever we are, 10 days into the, into the new year. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of that time when everybody's, uh, resolutions and, and goals or whatever you want to call it for, for this year are, are starting to, you know, st- that, that some of that, uh, excitement from the new year is starting to wear off. And by the time people, you know, are listening to this, it's to be a, a few weeks into the new year. So it's, it's, it's even, even, I think I'm glad we, we stumbled into this because I wasn't uh, planning to go this route. Um, but I think it's, it's a, it's a timely reminder of like, you know, those goals you set for the year, like, you know, what was, what was the, like you said, what was, what was kind of the reason why am I, why am I doing this? But being honest, like, like, do I want to keep going with this or, or do I want to shift something, whether it's now, whether it's in, in, you know, May, in, in August, in November, whenever, um, just, just being honest and, 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 you know, like, like don't give up on yourself. But if, if situations have changed, it's, it doesn't mean you're a failure because something has, has dramatically changed. And now this, this goal is either no longer tangible or relevant or, or possible or whatever. So, um, I think it's, it, like I said, it was, a it was, it's a good timing, uh, for something to talk about. So thanks for letting us take that little, uh, rabbit trail there. Yeah, of course. And, and also just for, for folks, I generally, I give myself until January 15th to firm up my, my goals for the year for precisely that reason, Denny is because I know that there's, there's the initial in, um, motivation and burst of energy and idealism at the beginning of the year. And then it takes some time to percolate. You need to go on those runs, you know, to, right. to, to congeal some of those ideas or while you're in the car or those moments in the shower where mm-hmm. the ideas really start to pop. And what I'll tend to do is look at it categorically. And so What's the physical challenge? What's the learning challenge? How do I want to grow? And then things that tend to be more performance or tactical in terms of pursuit. And and what's the real core motivation? What's the why behind it? And then over the course of the year, I'll naturally reflect back whether that's quarterly installments for some some things that require more frequent, especially if there's travel and other things involved, like if there's a certain number of races you want to run in the year, a quarter quarterly reflections might be a little too far apart. Mm-hmm. And then nonetheless, it, it does give an opportunity to to check back and most importantly, look at that core and iterate or tweak as needed. And sometimes it's an expansion. Often mm-hmm. it is an expansion right. of the original of like, wow, you know, I actually have a lot more capacity in me to build this out or to um, permeate into different areas that I didn't know was even available to me on January one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, 
definitely one of those those uh, sides of the the uh, discussion that doesn't get, especially this time of year. It's all about how to maintain and how to keep up with your goals. But yeah, sometimes yeah, you, you're you're hitting it out of the out of the park. So you know, aim aim a little bit bigger uh, and and keep going when you've got that momentum. So that's a, another good thing to to remember. So shifting gears a little bit, Frida. Um, you know, let's 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 talk about courage to run. Where where did that um idea come from how did that that seed get planted uh and 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 you know developing into what it is today when and and you know we'll start we'll start at the beginning and then we'll kind of get to where where it's trying to go but where, where did the idea to, to start courage to run come from great courage to run i just always have to like sing it it's just like <laughs> courage to run <laughs> so the original idea of courage to run happened it was it was planted back in 2012 when i was in london when i was in london it all goes back <laughs> when i was in london and uh i was training for my a half marathon and then an eventual marathon my first uh, full marathon it was a t uh tcs marathon in amsterdam which was just a beautiful place to to run a first my first marathon and as i was running it was my first time divorced from the political world in a decade uh, in some capacity as a volunteer. I was very active in the women's political community and various leadership roles had considered to run myself prior to going on sabbatical and was watching what was happening from an international perspective. And I don't know if it was because I had clarity from my recovery or if I was, you know, because I was 5,000 miles away, but I was like, what's happening over there? And, um, and, and then it hit me, you know, gosh, it takes a lot of courage to run, whether you're running a 5K or a marathon or toward election day, it takes a lot of courage. And the first thing to go for high performers, especially those in, in, in politics, is our own well-being. Mm-hmm. And we know that the lack of taking time to exercise our minds and bodies has a negative impact on our productivity, let alone our sanity. And it's having a ripple effect on our communities. So I was like, I'm going to raise money for people running for office. I'm like, nobody cares, Freddie. You're in London. And they're like, <laughs> so I thought this could be some, this is something, this is on to something. So when I returned to the United States in January, 2013, I started holding these little meetups for cross-sector women leaders. And we blended running and walking. I would had an intake form where people, I would ask them, you know, do you want to run? Do you want to walk? What's your distance? And then would create a variety of different trails and routes that they could take and we would meet we'd be organized around a different leadership topic authenticity innovation courage of course and they would go off on their runs or walks and they could do it on their own buddy up it was totally up to them they'd return and I partnered with yoga instructors and we'd do some some yoga and then have brunch and talk about uh, the specific leadership topic with a high profile uh, woman leader from um, sports uh, representatives from like the San Francisco Giants and Google and Yahoo and philanthropy and government would come and share stories. And then we'd open things up and have a good discussion afterwards. And it was amazing because, you know, just 20 minutes outside moving your body had such a, 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 a huge impact on these women. And they also saw that irrespective of who they were and how they identified whether they were senior executives or mothers returning into the workforce or women just out of college pursuing their first job, that there was a lot in common. So that took place for a couple of years. And then I'm like, hmm, this really isn't, something's missing and put it on hold. And at the beginning of this year or 2018, I was watching the number of women filing to run for office. And I thought, this is a really big deal. Like, this is a really big deal. We need to do something positive and empowering and inspiring. And anyone that's run a race knows that feeling when you cross that finish line. I, I'm just getting goosebumps even thinking about that because it's such a feeling of accomplishment and um, anything's possible, opportunity. And thinking about how fragmented our country is, and I'm a neuropolitics professor, uh, I there's I know that from from research and studies that when we connect over just being people and engage in activities that are apoliticized, it reduces partisanship and polarization and it creates connectivity and seeing people as people. So it was just very clear. Boom. This is going to be a 5K. And in three short months, we um, organized a 5K and very importantly, developed a 5 five-week training plan that included both the physicality of training for a 5K, but then also included leadership skill drills that built the mental, physical, and social 
resilience um, and capacity of effective leader to be healthy, to lead effectively. And so these are things that range from 16 second breathing exercises, the mindful minute to sports visualizations uh, that people could do in the day to day of their civic life. So really trying to um, cut down the tree of opposition for a lot of people in the civic world of, oh, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you have a minute to like do a breathing exercise and, and then the, the, the impacts that has, you know, and, and taking a lot, drawing a lot from sports psychology, um, as well. So it was incredible. Uh, we had 500 people, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, everyone in between in Washington, DC. We had a kids dash for democracy, which was totally amazing. They were adorable. Oh my gosh. And, um, and then as I was doing, as I was reaching out to women running for state constitutional office and Congress, they responded and said, this is fantastic, Frida, but I kind of need to be in my district. Oh yeah. Yeah. You kind of do. You need to be in your district. And so what ended up organically evolving were these virtual runs or community runs that really varied in, in style. It was, it it emerged into a choose your own adventure where some candidates, um, local council members, all the way to uh, state constitutional officers turned it into their morning workout before they hit the campaign trail. Cause that's what they had time for. Mm-hmm. Others um, turned theirs into a women's door to door canvas while others, there was this great team in Wyoming and Teton County, big health running community there. Um, they called themselves Wyoming women ranging from school board candidates, sheriff, mayor, all the way to statewide legislature, Republican women, Democrat women ran together, formed a team, posted their experience on social media as a sign of women um, running together of healthy leadership and what unity looks like. So we are um, we're doing it again. Other candidates, um, Chrissy Houlihan, who just got sworn in to represent Pennsylvania six, I believe it is. She uh, is a veteran from the Air Force and she is a big runner. And so her t- campaign team and volunteers did a 5K as a form of team building to also release some, you know, last end of pre-election day uh, jitters mm-hmm. um, as a result. So we're, we're really building out. We're focusing on these community runs and college campuses are getting involved, which is fabulous. And doing it again, really, again, um, with this core, very simple mission of celebrating women running, um, literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> for office, and then also the importance of being healthy to lead effectively in our world today. Yeah, there's there's so many things there that I, I think are fantastic, and um, yeah, so many so many different directions I I, I could go. But um, I, I, from what it sounds like, and, and please correct me if I, if I'm wrong, um, but you know, it sounds like the seed was planted, whatever six six years ago, if I'm doing my math correctly, six or seven years ago, depending on on uh, exactly the, the the dates there, um, <laughs> and then you know. It, it, it took a while to gestate and then within the last 12 months or so plus or minus things have really you know kind of come together and, and taken off and, and it's picked up some some life on its own um, mm-hmm. but I have to imagine that you know based on some of the things you said earlier about longer term goals and things like that that this is kind of the the, the tip of the iceberg or at least hopefully that's that's the plan that this is the tip of the iceberg so um, if that assumption is correct, what, what you know? What are the goals for 2019? Where where do you want to see this this continue to to grow and and hopefully uh, blossom into? Yes, great question. Such a such a January 2019 question. <laughs> so our since it's primarily an off year for most of the country, with some exceptions. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, a lot of large cities: San Francisco, Atlanta, Houston, Toledo, Indianapolis. Milwaukee and, and, and numerous others do have elections this year. And then there are also five states, Virginia, Mississippi, New Jersey, um, Kentucky, Louisiana have elections as well. Um, so there are some communities and, and women that are candidates running for office will be reaching out to and engaging. For the most part, we're, we're building an infrastructure of support and, and, and helping these community captains and college campuses. So these are individuals that want to bring a courage to run to their community as a means of um, getting active, literally and both literally and metaphorically, 
and also using it as an opportunity to engage young people and all people around network weaving and, and political organizing. So when I say network weaving, I mean, you know, getting young people like these young girls that are in middle school and high school where confidence tends to start trickling down. And there's studies that actually show that girls that are involved in sports have an, have a, I think it's a 25% increased likelihood of getting involved in politics or getting civically mm-hmm. active. And if not, there's also other, other studies I know, um, it was quoted in Atlantic study that young people, high school students that are actively involved in an extracurricular activity, which can include running, right, are 141% more likely to vote in the next presidential election. Wow. It's like, what? So, so really what we're, we're, our goal is having community runs in 35 states. So if you're listening and interested in getting involved and bringing a, a run to your community, and it can range from something very informal to getting your, your local running club or just like five friends and, and, and choosing your route time yourselves with whatever app or mm-hmm. not app you use. Um, we mail you everything you need, your bib, your medal, your t-shirt and, you know, a starting line flag and ticker tape and all that fun stuff or something more extensive where you engage local partners, you fundraise, you invite your, um, local elected officials we have a whole toolkit that we've built. Um, we have a network that we're convening. We just had our first call. And so really starting to have that um, that sense of togetherness and positivity and energy that starts that can start vibrating throughout the country. So 35 states and then again doing it in D.C. So that's really our focus. And then my my like <sighs> this is like my wish is that 2020 being a presidential mm. election year, we have it on the mall and I would love to add a relay component to really accent the importance of teamwork. Mm. Um, so that's a little harder because permitting for a relay in DC and on the mall, I, I know that right. there's only a certain number of permits. So I'm like <laughs> working with my race partner to figure out how can we get on the top of the list? Um, Cause that would just be incredible. And what a, what an amazing physical and visual story that would tell as mm. well. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, like I said, there's there's so many different different questions that that I that I have. We don't have time for all of them, but I'll I'll throw uh, I'll throw this one at you, and then we'll we'll see where it goes, and hopefully we'll have time for maybe another one or two before it's it's all said and done for today. But um, you know, something something that uh, you you mentioned earlier is is just uh, you know how how divisive politics can be, uh, and how politics how, how divisive politics are. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, it's pretty easy to to vilify the the other side whichever side you're on um you know it's it's like oh they want to do this and they want to take away that and 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 but but we we don't you know um and so i, I love the idea of, of bringing people together you mentioned what what the women in, in wyoming did and how mm-hmm. um how how wonderful uh that that visual and that 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 what that looks like and the, the some, some symbolism of it um but uh, I'm curious in you know in this in 2018 in the, in the first year that this has kind of really come into into fruition, um, have have you noticed or have you heard stories of you know of of you know in those districts or in those areas where some of these these events have been held, where um, it where the end result hopefully was a bit less of us and them and and we you know ha- have you had some stories or, or some examples of really breaking through that that political divide that that red and blue divide and and recognizing that for the most part we're all we're all some various shade of of purple when it comes to our politics and and some are a little bit you know more one one hue than the other but you know have there been some success success stories of really bringing people together through this so far mm-hmm, absolutely and i think that again coming back to our mission of celebrating women getting active and running for office and being healthy to lead effectively has really united people. It's not controversial. It is incredibly accessible. And on an individual, let alone a a societal level, people's response, irrespective of how they identify, has been, I need this. We Mm. need this. And so there's in Wyoming, as I've been reaching out to candidates, uh, obviously this last election cycle, the number of women filed were disproportionately Democratic women. A lot of the Republican women I spoke with we're so grateful for the outreach just mm-hmm. because the infrastructure to support women running is, is 
far deficient for what the Democrats have. And so this idea of unity was deeply inspiring. It's reflected in our partners this year. Last year, our partners were exclusively nonpartisan. This year, we've expanded out and we're including as our champion partners, which are organizations that are all in committed to support and train uh, the next generation of healthy leaders, ranging from high school and college students like Running Start and Ignite and Public Leadership Education Network, all the way to uh, organizations that um, train specific populations like the Victory Institute, which works with the LGBT community, Higher Heights, the Brown Girls Guide to Politics, which with Black women, Latinas represent, Asian Pacific American um, Institute for Congressional Studies, all the way to now this year, partisan organizations, mm-hmm. Republican Women for Progress and Emerge, which, Demo- which uh, trains Democratic women who are all united with our mission. And we've added on some additional guiding principles, which is really running courageously, which is about saying yes to uh, respect and dignity and seeking to understand and saying no to the the politics of of toxic rhetoric and and divisiveness, all in pursuit of championing democracy. So making it as easy as possible to participate, knowing that we are a country in progress, you know, running forward, um, trying to achieve a more perfect union. Mm -hmm. So it's been great. And as I've been talking with the community champions, they are irrespective of how they've how they're personally registered, all in committed to this notion of and a commitment to nonpartisanship and and bipartisanship in their areas. So as they're forming their committees um, and reaching out to honorary chairs, so high profile women elected officials in their in their communities, they're being very conscious, again, irrespective of their voter affiliation to have a Republican and Democratic candidate, or not candidate, um, but elected officials mm-hmm. participate. So um, it's really it's really beautiful. And one thing that's been key has been allowing a very organic nature to this. So as people have ideas, we've been weaving it in and seeing kind of where it goes based on kind of a ground up uh, desire and, and need. Because people are tired, you know, they're mm-hmm. tired. And we... There's more that unites us than divides us. And people are people are people are people. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that uh, more that that unites us thing is is something that, uh, you know, on 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 the news, you don't uh, you don't always get that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's you know, our our differences are are typically pretty small. And and, and most of the time, you know, speaking in general generalities, which can always get you in a little bit of trouble. But, you know, I mean, I think most for the most part, you know, whatever, uh, you know, we all kind of tend to, to want about the same outcomes. You know, we want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to, you know, have, have a good economy and, and, and be safe and, and all these things. Um, and it's just, you know, there's a little bit of, of disagreement or sometimes a lot of disagreement on how to get there, but, but when the end goal can be the same and you can get people in the room and talking or out, you know, out running together and, and talking, um, you, you start to realize that, you know, we, there's a lot of room to work together if we just get, kind of put some of those labels aside sometimes, um, mm. which sounds like that's a, a, a you know, Hopefully, uh, as this continues, as, as Courage to Run continues to grow, um, will be one of those uh, byproducts of it. And it sounds like one of the goals as well. Yeah. You know, one thing that so I used to do public health campaigns. That's how I started my career and worked in 25 states, the Midwest, Alaska, Wyoming, the Southwest. So places that are geographically, political, politically um ideologically, culturally, very different from where I'm from. And it really, really inspired a deep appreciation of the diversity of our country, as well as an understanding of why we have the dialogues we do and that people are people are people, you know, what I said before. And one thing that we would always say with these public health campaigns, because they are, you know, public health is is fundamentally behavioral change. Like Mm -hmm. that's really what it's about. And so we'd always say, educate and legislate and the magic is in the process. And with Courage to Run, the magic is in the process with just like with um, with race training. You know, the magic is in the process mm-hmm. of what we discover when we're out on those training runs, the relationships that we build that we might otherwise not have if we don't join like a team in training or or the camaraderie that is built. I love um, the story from the Boston Marathon of of, um, you know, helping one another uh, almost dropping out and then, mm-hmm. you know, he- offering a helping hand and then how that, you know, offered that oxytocin and serotonin and really inspired one's, you know, the rush to the, f- to not only finish, but finish first. And 
and that very much is is the case because on on the on the um trail if you see somebody struggling you don't care who they are right. like what their voter id is you're going to be like you can do it let's go let's go <laughs> you know you'll you'll you see those people that are ahead and maybe it's a there and back route and they're going by and you're cheering them on and giving them high fives you know and that boost of energy that it gives it helps them and it helps you and and that's really what it's about that's really what it's about um and there's just nothing like it. So the more that we can can really share and it, increase access to that type of positive experience for people of all ages and all identifications across the country that otherwise would not identify themselves as runners, mm-hmm. then who knows what can be opened up and to what will be possible. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... It's, it, it all just takes, you know, it, it, it just have to get started. And, and, uh, you've, you've created a, a place for those changes to, to, to start and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the courage that it takes to, to get started. So, uh, love, love what you're doing. And, and, uh, as, as we're wrapping up here today, Frida, um, you know, I, I like to uh, close with something that I, I have affectionately been, uh, calling the, the philosophical question. So, uh, you know, basically, um, you know, just, just kind of like the introductory question, something that's open-ended and, uh, kind of give, give this the, 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 give you the opportunity to kind of close things out. Um, and, and going to go, I have a, a list of four or five questions. I usually choose something from there, but I'm gonna kind of go off script just, a, just a little bit. Um, and you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking to, uh, I don't know, however many, a, a couple of thousand runners, at least right now, hopefully that, that number continues to, to grow. Uh, but there's, there's, there's some ears that are listening here that, uh, um, you know, at, at some level are, are hopefully most, mostly, uh, somehow, you know, into the world of, of politics and, and trying to, um, make our, our, our country and our world a better place. So, uh, would just, would just be curious, you know, um, to kind of, of hear your, your final thoughts or closing thoughts on, on how as, as runners, um, you know, I mean, obviously getting involved with Courage to Run would be one, one way, but, um, as runners, what can, what can we do to, to try to help, um, you know, just, just make things, make things better in this, in this country, in this world from a, from a politics standpoint, or, or maybe even something different, but, but what, what is runners from your, your perspective, can we do to, to try to, you know, make, just make things a little bit better, uh, for, for, you know, for ourselves, but also for our kids, grandkids, things like that. Hmm. Wow. What a great question. You're so crazy going off script. <laughs> this is a deep question. So the first thing that popped up into my mind, uh, was really unconditional kindness for yourself and for others. I think that there's a certain optimism that comes with a runner's personality. And so spreading that positivity and optimism is contagious. There are studies that show that managers that assume a positive perspective, their team's outperform others. There's greater work satisfaction. There's greater subjective well-being. And I would say that the same thing applies to us in our societies. And then very practically speaking, make sure that you're registered to vote and vote mm-hmm. for sure. Perfect. Perfect. That's uh, pr- practicals are always good. There's, there's, uh, the, you know, the, the big things, but then yeah, <laughs> take, take, take an action and, and get registered if you're not done so already. So uh, love it, Frida. Thank you uh, for, for taking the time. And once again, guys, uh, courage to run.org is the, the website. If you want to find out uh, kind of what's, what's going on and if there's going to be uh, something in, in your neck of the woods this year, and certainly uh, like Frida said, Pay, you know, 2020, there, there will be something. So, uh, pay attention, courage to run.org and, uh, on the Twitter at Frida K. Legette, uh, again, F R I E D A K E D G E T T E. Um, and disruns.com slash six, eight, zero is the link for all the, all the show notes, links, photos, all of the things disruns.com slash six, eight, zero. So, uh, Frida, thank you for, uh, for taking the time today. Thanks for, for reaching out. And, uh, uh, like I said, love what you're doing. And, and certainly if there's anything that, uh, that I, or we can do to, uh, continue to support the cause, uh, always happy to do so. But, uh, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for the time and, uh, nothing but the best for you going forward. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Frida and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was what was your takeaway from the conversation today? 
For me, um, I think it, that one of the one of the things there were certainly a, a few, just like there there typically is. Um, but but one of the things that really uh, stood out to me during during our chat was uh, somewhat early, maybe a little bit before halfway, uh, when Frida was talking about how she kind of plans races. Uh, based on what's going on in her life at that moment, like what what does she need running to do? And you know, she talked about with with courage to run, planning a marathon when that idea was kind of formulating, so that while she was out training for her marathon, you know, that was the time to to let her brain work and to think on the logistics and the planning and and what was going to go into this this movement that she's created. And you know, she really was intentional about training for a marathon at that time to, to allow her brain to, to flesh out this idea. And I think that, that one thing I'm guilty of, maybe uh, you are as well, is trying to, you know, p- picking out a race, picking out a, a, a race that, that maybe we want to do and kind of forcing, forcing the training into, into life. Um, and, and I think that we would be probably better, better served to be a little bit more intentional about analyzing life right now to help us decide what races to run. Meaning, you know, I've, I, I pick out a race, I put it on my calendar and then it's like, all right, well, I've got, I've got to make sure that on, you know, I have enough time on Saturdays to get the, the training in, especially if it's a marathon or an ultra, something like that. Um, and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, can I get up earlier? What do I need to do to make this happen? As opposed, maybe a better option, kind of what, what sounds like Frida has, has figured out, and maybe I need to, not maybe, certainly I need to learn from her example, is to look more at, all right, what's what's life looking like for the next, you know, four to six months? Is there going to be some travel? Is there a bunch of races? Do I have some speaking gigs? Do I have some conferences I'm going to? Um, does Rebecca have some crazy work schedule things going on you know there's there's a couple times of the school year based on on her her job that uh, are certainly crazier than others so maybe during those those windows it would behoove me for the for the peace of our household to not be in as as heavy of a training cycle right then and so you know it would it would be wise to be a little bit more um i don't know what the correct word quite the right word is, but, but well-rounded maybe, or, or looking at the big picture of life, not just running, but of life when it comes to choosing races and, and recognizing that there's, that there's better times in life to, to run, you know, to, to train for a big marathon. And there's other times that maybe it's, it's better to just kind of stick to running some short local races, maybe some five K's or 10 K's things that uh, you can, st- you know, you still want to keep running probably, at least I would still want to keep running, but maybe it's not the right time to really lock in week after week of dedicated long run training, but, you know, mix in a long run when you have the opportunity, but when not, you know, be okay with running 10 or 12 miles for your long run or whatever would be a long run for you. I realize that not everybody necessarily is, you know, no big deal to run a 12 mile long run. Maybe it's six miles for you. Maybe it's four miles for you, whatever it is, just kind of balancing your race schedule with your life and not just looking at the weekend right around the, the, the race weekend, but looking at, four months out, five months out from that, before that, what's life going to be like? And is this, is this the right time to, to go after, you know, a, a new PR or to go after a new race distance or to, to travel, to knock a new state off the list or whatever, whatever the case might be. So, um, I think being a little bit more intentional about ba- not balancing, but uh, about analyzing what's going on with my life and how that's going to impact or how it could potentially impact my training is something that I want to do going forward. Uh, and I, I loved Frida's example of that and certainly something that I'm, I'm taking to heart. And uh, that's why it was my takeaway. So what about you? What stood out to you from this episode? What was something that uh, we talked about that, uh, that that stopped you in your tracks and, and you had to go back and listen to it again and go, yeah, that was that was good. I need to... I need to uh, Keep that in mind moving forward. Uh, if you're willing to share, I'd love to hear it. So let me know on social media, at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. Of course, you can shoot me a message on Facebook as well. Just uh, Denny Cray, pretty easy to find. Uh, you can also send me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode if you're so inclined. Uh, there's photos there, the show notes from, from Ellen. She always does a great job. You can check those out. Uh, links, all that good stuff. Dizruns.com slash 680 for this episode. And uh, one last time, don't forget Audible. If you haven't checked out uh, Audible yet, 
I think you're missing out. I, I guess I'm biased because I really like the service. It's, it, they're not paying me to say this. It's not, it's not a paid sponsorship. It's an affiliate sponsorship. So I only get paid from Audible when somebody checks out the trial. Um, and if you're interested in at least giving it a shot, giving it something, giving it, giving it a look, see if you like it. Uh, Dizruns.com slash Audible is the link. It'll take you right there. Any of your information, get yourself a free book that you get to keep regardless. And then you got 30 days to decide if it's something that uh, you like or not. Um, and if you don't, you just hit cancel and they'll never bill you. They'll never charge you. You get to keep the book and uh, you're no worse for the wear. So if you need a book suggestion, let me know uh, what you're interested in. I've got I've got several uh, across genres that uh, I can push your way. So, uh, But uh, check it out if you haven't done so already. Dizruns.com slash audible. And with that, we'll go ahead and uh, put the bow officially on this one for today. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Definitely check out what Frida's got going on with, with Courage to Run. Uh, if that's something that you might be interested in, uh, you know, anything we can do to, to, to bring the sides together, to, to, to create conversation and dialogue and really move the country forward, whichever side of the aisle you, you, on, you are on, uh, I think we can all agree that there's, there's room for progress. There's room for improvement with just human relationships. And so what, what better uh, place to kind of start bringing some of that together than an event uh, and, and a movement like what Frida's got going on. So check it out, CourageToRun.org. Uh, and until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, take care of yourself, all right? See you guys.